I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. And welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Kayla McNamara and Hunter Boss. Um, let's go ahead and get started with the news today, guys. This is a pretty big news segment because Twitter beef between Cheeto Vera and Dominic Cruz. But then Pyrion jumps in because he wants to fight Cheeto Vera, but Cheeto Vera is like talking to Dominic Cruz. It's a whole disaster. That's the first news segment. And then we'll move on to Giga Jikaze wanting to fight Korean Zombie. Um, so, Hunter, what do you make of the news today? I like it all. You know, oh. Dominic Cruz is, is, is a tough cookie to crack when placing him in matchups right now. And I think this is a good matchup for both of them. I mean, if Dominic Cruz can beat Cheeto Vera and prove that he can handle the power, he can move back up and he has his chin back, then I think it's a great fight for Dominic Cruz. But Cheeto Vera is looking extra dangerous lately. Rob Font fight was insane and Cheeto yeah. Vera is really strong. So, I like this matchup for a, a lot of reasons. I could see why Peter Yan's unhappy because I think Peter Yan was expecting, I don't want to say an easy victory, but I think Peter Yan has faced these type of fighters before. Yeah. So he knows a little bit uh, more on how to crack it. Uh, when it comes to Giga Chikadze, though, I think this is the best matchup we've seen in a long time. The Korean zombie. I mean, he's a rustled veteran. He's been relevant since 2012, and he's in the rankings still. The Korean zombie just came off of a loss to the title. So a good bounce-back fight could be against Giga Chikadze, but, I mean, as you guys know, Chikadze is no slouch. I mean, he's a black belt. He has the most insane kicks ever. He's got the Giga kick. Oh, yeah. thing is deadly to the, to the liver. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's a good matchup waiting to be made. Um, let's hope we can get it, see it, both of these matchups later in the year. Yeah, and um, today's new segment, as Jack said, is pretty <laughs> stacked, actually. Um. I'll start with Messrs. Vera, Jan, and Cruz, I guess, because uh, that's, of course, where Hunter started. Uh, yeah, this is a bit of an interesting triangle, not one that I expected, but one that I'm not against. Um, Dominic Cruz and Piotr Jan, that's a fight that I actually quite like. Um, I think that would be much more of an IQ test for Piotr Jan than perhaps the Aljamain Sterling or the Corey Samhagen to some degree, so I do like it a lot. Then, of course, we have the man who is really rolling on momentum, Mr. Cheeto Vera. Coming off one of the most impressive victories I've seen in a long time against Rob Font, one of the stars of Bantamweight right now. <clears throat> a fight that not many people thought Cheeto Vera would win, but one that I think he thought he would win. Um, you know, I'm on the Cheeto Vera train, so it is <laughs> what it is. Uh, but I'll just give a little bit of context to what Hunter said, by which I mean direct quotes. Um Cheeto Vera has claimed that he agreed to fight Pyotr Jan on August 13th because he said, and I quote, at Pewter, this was obviously on Twitter, at Pyotr Jan, bitch-eyed August 13th. Very eloquently put, might I add. And then for Pyotr Jan, um, he said, if you want to fight the best, you can wait till September, October. But if you want to just be UFC's bitch and fill out the spot in August, you can F off and don't waste my time. 
Well played, Mr. Peter Jan. Very well put, might I add. So realistically, I mean, this is just it's just a bit of a slanging contest at that point. I don't think there's much to that. But the Dominic Cruz Peter Jan fight, I would actually really like. Um, I think when it comes to Cheeto Vera, there's a couple of different fights you could make. Maybe the Sean O'Malley rematch. I would actually quite like to see that. But that is what it is, and we move on to Mr. Giga Chikadze and the Korean Zombie. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do I like this fight for so many different reasons. Violence just personified in the octagon, as always. Giga Chikadze is coming off a bit of an ass-whooping to Calvin Cater, but that's just utmost to respect to Calvin Cater. The guy can box like no other, maybe Max Holloway, of course. But Giga Chikadze is still an elite fighter. You know, he's still one of the top five, top six fighters in that division. And with Brian Ortega and Yair Rodriguez engaged for UFC Long Island, I bloody love this fight with the Korean zombie. You know, the guy has just got a chin made of South Korean iron. You know, he, he just does he just takes so much damage it's unreal and of course as we've said before his brazilian jiu-jitsu is some of the most dangerous that anybody has anywhere so yeah i would love to see that fight give me giga chikadze and the korean zombie because i will watch it every time i'm fully behind both of you guys that great points there keelan i love the direct quotes and hunter yeah same page um i i think that um as far as the first piece of news i think it's it's interesting because like for Peter Jan I don't even think that like it's weird to see him even in the Twitter beef with Cheeto Vera in the first place because that's a fight that just seems so odd to me I mean I guess it makes sense for a rebound fight but the bandweight division is just so crazy right now that anything is happening uh but Peter Jan obviously wants Cheeto Vera I think it is because it would be not that Cheeto Vera is a tough or or not a, a an easy fight for anyone because we saw that he can beat Anyone, whenever he picked apart Rob Font like that, I did not expect to see that. Um, but Pierre is just such a great fighter. And honestly, some people still think he should be champion right now after that last fight. So it's a, like, a, get a win, get your momentum back for Pierre But now Dominic Cruz is like, well, I'm still Dominic Cruz and I'm still in Bantamweight. You guys must have forgot about me. Let's do let's do Cheetah Vera. I love it. Um, Bantamweight is, we talked about this one, it is so stacked, if not the most stacked division in the UFC right now. Everyone's so fun. And the fact is, matchups can go anywhere in the rankings in Bantamweight. And that's what we're seeing with this whole Twitter beef. So, Pierre Jan's got to be in a very frustrating spot right now, I feel like, as far as as far as far fights go. Um, Cheeto Vera kind of gets, honestly, it's it's weird. But Cheeto Vera's kind of in the best spot here, I feel like. I feel like he's kind of the one that's like, okay, I'm kind of a name now. I put on exciting fights. And if I fight Pierre Jan, maybe that's a step too early. And I, I'll lose or whatever. It'll be a tough fight. But if I fight, Dom, fight Dominic Cruz, that's a fight that I might be able to win more and, and, and move his way up. And Dominic Cruz is still a very tough outing for anyone. But at this point, his age and with the power and size that Chido Vera has, who knows what's going to happen in that. Um, I think that's – and this is a little sidebar, but I think that's what makes uh, Chido Vera so dangerous, honestly, in the Spanaway division is just his size. He is so big for a 135-pounder, and he packs so much power – um, the only thing I would like to see more from in the Rob Font fight was just more of a killer instinct. Once he had him down, if he yeah. like just went for it and finished it, cause he could have finished it three or four times, I feel like, but yeah. Uh, so I love it. Uh, I don't really know what to make of it. It's just chaos, but that's the bandwidth division right now. It's just pure chaos. And I love it. Um, then we move on to 
arguably the second most exciting division in featherweight right now, or one of the most exciting divisions as well in featherweight. And like you guys said, I mean, it's just such a great matchup. I think it's great. I think it's both guys. I think are viewing this as a favorable matchup for them. I think the Korean zombies like, okay, I just fought for the title. This is a fight where I don't know how much I have left. It'll be a fun fight. Cause I'm fighting a striker. Um, and we'll just go for it. It's for Giga Chikaze. I think he's like, he's coming off that loss to Calvin Cater, who, I did not think it was going to beat Giga Chikaze. I thought Giga Chikaze was just going to steamroll through a lot of people until he reached that Max Holloway level. Just because of his footwork, his Giga kick, like Hunter was talking about, he's just such a good striker in general. He's so talented. But Calvin Cater, I mean, so much credit to the man. He just came back and, and did to Giga Chikaze what Max Holloway did to him a year before, which was so impressive. Um so I, I think this fight's good for both of them. I would probably favor Giga Jakadze a little bit more in this this matchup just because of Korean Zombie has a kind of flat-footed style and Giga Jakadze kicks and everything in his movement. That's going to be tricky, but I am so in favor of this, and we're getting so many good fights booked on this latter half of the year, which I am so excited about. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. Just all excitement in the news segment today. All, all great fights. Book all of them. You know, same night, whatever. Yeah, and um, actually, just real quick before we move yeah. on, one other man of bantamweight who's been calling out Dominic Cruz is my least favorite fighter ever, TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, uh, we got to add uh, him to the mix as well. Yeah. So make yeah. of that what you will. He called Dominic Cruz the C word. I will not repeat it because we're not trying to get cancelled on the MMA Island podcast. Have some consideration, will you, TJ? more consideration than you did for Cody Garbrandt. Mm. But yeah, he's trying to get involved in the beef now as well. Maybe a little rematch with the Dominator. I would actually quite like to see that as well. I think in TJ, you have a guy who's lost half a foot of pace against Cruz. He's perhaps lost a yard of pace or so as well. And I would really like to see that match. But last note on the featherweight um, news as well. The point you made there, Jack, was excellent, and that's what I'm going to build on. Giga Chikadze is viewing the Korean zombie as a walking heavy bag, and the Korean zombie is viewing Chikadze as a guy who's proven that he will run out of gas after the third round. You make this a five-round fight, you've got a real chess match on your hands, and I'm here for it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just excited about all this. I'm just pumped up. I love I love all these uh, little Twitter beefs because they lead to fights sometimes. Or if it's Dustin Poirier, uh-huh. it's just stalling. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and move on to the best of the best today. Um, and we didn't have a fight night, but we have a fight night this Saturday, and we're so grateful for it. So we're just talking about what is our favorite thing about MMA. Hunter, what do you think? I love the diversity of it. I love um, the type of – you can't just specialize in one different thing. We've, yeah. we've seen it in the past. You can get ranked when you do that, but you can't just be championed by doing one thing. You have to be able to be a master of all different things in MMA. It's mixed martial arts for a reason. So you have to be a master at boxing, striking, you know, grappling, wrestling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. If you have no belts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you won't last at all in the UFC. I mean, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is such a difficult base to learn, but when you do – you are on your way to becoming champion. So I love the UFC and how maybe realistic it is uh, in yeah. MMA in general, because this is what truly would happen if you went into a, a street fight. You know, not many rules in the street fight, obviously, but um, in an MMA fight, it's very, very much along the same thing. It's very realistic. I like boxing, too. Don't get me wrong, but UFC and MMA just do it better. 
I feel like the promotions have been better lately. There's so many different things you could say about why you love MMA. I'm going to go with those two. This is such a fantastic question to discuss because there's, there's no wrong answer to it at all. I mean, w- sometimes we say there's no wrong answer and there can be like a real <laughs> left field wrong answer. But with this, there really is no wrong answer. And the thing that I love about MMA, I should say it's the thing that I loved about MMA that is actually faded out. But I'll tell you what I mean. What I loved <clears throat> about MMA was the um, the actual nature of MMA itself, the non-mainstream nature of it. The fact that we had glorified fans as commentators in Mike Goldberg and Joe Rogan. You know, the fact that we had guys like um, that very famous viral guy who painted his top at an <laughs> event. Yeah. You know, the fact that it was such a sort of Kyle and Chad sort of sport I really like that about MMA. The reason why I don't like what I don't like about it as much anymore is the fact that that's gone. You know, to me, ever since the UFC and MMA went mainstream, and now that there's shareholders, and now that there's social media, and now that there's celebrities who didn't care about it 10 years ago who claim to be the biggest fans of it ever. I really don't like that. I like the fact that it was niche and that only a true hardcore group of people were into it. Because, you know, 10 years ago, everybody was at Floyd Mayweather fights watching him bore the crowd to tears. Whilst guys were watching guys, whilst people were watching guys like John Jones, Anderson Silva, Frankie Edgar, Dominic Cruz, the list goes on and on. You know, with knockouts, with flying kicks, with those epic lines of commentary that we've all come to know and love. So the thing that I liked about MMA, I can't really say I like anymore just because it isn't there. But if I had to say something that I like now, I still like the fact that it's very diverse and that you cannot be, you, you know, you can't just be good at one thing to be successful. I mean, that's why Conor McGregor has been extinguished now because we've proven you have to be good at everything or you're good at nothing that, you know, pretty much what Hunter said. I'm not going to add on to that, but to give you my answer, the thing that I loved about MMA is the fact that it was off the beaten track and that it was only really people like us that were massively into it and that we find it through our own different ways. So that's my answer. That's a really good answer. And okay, I was actually going to say something different, but I want to touch on that because that is fascinating. And Keelan, I want to give you a little bit of hope because I disagree with it slightly. I think that even though it is super mainstream now and the whole sport isn't just people like us going to watch it, I think that niche community still exists. And that's why within the MMA community, everyone is just so cool. Like 90% of people that I, I meet at like an MMA event or just like you guys or we have on the podcast are ridiculously down to earth and are just willing to have a conversation or are just like great to talk about MMA because there's still so few people that actually know the sport, like are actually hardcore fans of the sport. That is still a niche community. And I think it's like, obviously it's bigger than it was, but I think it still exists very, I think it still exists in a large way. And it's, it's awesome to be a part of that community as well and to help support other people within MMA and have support back from other people. It's just like, I think it's a great community between hardcore fans of MMA 
And, and I love that. Now, what you said about the sport itself, people that are going to it, yeah, you, half of it's casual fans or, or celebrities saying that. Even that, in a way, though, it builds more hype to it for other people to get, like, it, at least exposed to it and maybe get some hardcore fans or people who want to become hardcore fans out of it. So I, I do I do like that, and I, I like the niche community within it. Um, but what I was going to say is um, I love the sportsmanship aspect of MMA where you have guys that are going out there that are literally beating the crap out of each other for 25 minutes or 15 minutes, or even if it's a fast knockout and 95% of the time afterwards, you're going to shake hands. You're going to give a hug. And it's just like a mutual respect thing, because no matter what you were saying, going into it um, with the exception of certain events, which we talk about often, but that's because they're, they're <coughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we got we got the poster right here of the most famous one but yeah. um, for the most part though it's just like you you like even like um dominic cruz like tj dillashaw stuff like that like afterwards the fight like it, like some of the biggest rivalries you can think of after the fight like they go out there and it's just a sign of respect because you left it all out there you literally had like hunter said it's as real as it can get is, is MMA. It is truly as real as it can get. If you want to settle something, this is how you settle it on the biggest stage in front of all these people. This is how you do it. And, and most more, more often than not, after they do that and go to war, no matter what the result is, it's a shake of a hand, it's a hug, it's something, just a mutual respect because that person put in a lot of months to try and beat you and you put in a lot of months to try and beat them and you went out there and left it all on the line and that creates at least a little bit of respect. I just, I love that so much about our sport. I, I just, I love it so much. Yeah. There's so many different things you could say about this, luckily. You know, there's there's so much you could say, but I love the aspect of just being able to leave it all in the octagon. Yeah. Yes. Two people going in there, they're trying to hurt each other with all their will. And if they both survive, they both have such mutual respect for one another that they train together afterwards many times, you know? We see so much different levels of sportsmanship in this sport, and I just, I love to see it. One other thing that I love about MMA that, well, I literally can't add it in any better time than here. The one, the single biggest thing in which MMA is worlds better than boxing is that you genuinely get hero stories and rags to riches stories and what i mean by that is in boxing you get a single loss you're written off as a nobody and you can't hack it basically charles Oliveira has eight losses and he's one of the most dangerous lightweight fighters that's ever existed losses don't discriminate in our sport they don't you're not blackballed because you lose a fight against somebody you can have 50, I mean, look at Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal's what, 30 and 15 or something. Nate Diaz has lost into the double digits. <laughs> BJ Penn lost into the double digits. I mean, I love, to bring it back to a more positive note than my previous statement, I love that losses don't define you. Wins and coming back do. And in every sport, you know, we talk about this, like... um. Like in football, for example, people talk about how you can come back from losses, but it's still held against you. Baseball, losses are held against you. In our sport, losses aren't held against you the way they are in other sports. And I think that's one thing MMA has shown that other sports really should adapt. It's not the losses that count, it's the journey. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Well, guys, 
Um, great segment there. Let's go ahead and move on to the last segment of the day, discussion of the week. Um, and this is a really fun one. We're creating the best fire possible here, right? We're going to go fight IQ, wrestling, striking, jujitsu, chin, and heart. We're going to go down the list. Hunter, what is your ultimate MMA fighter? Oh, this is also active fighters only, so not historical, but active fighters only. Oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> we, we discussed this. Keelan, we put it in the group. For, for Keelan, you don't have to be active fighter, okay? <laughs> all right. Um, for me, I'm just going to shoot them all off right now, all right? Yeah, I'll give it. little explanation to where I need, yes. but I feel like most of it's self-explanatory. Do it. I'm going to start with the chin, Max Holloway. Max Holloway's yeah. never been put down in any fight. Any fight, he's not been put down. There's only, like, two people who have become champions who have never, or three people, I should say, who become champions that have never even been put down. Max Hall is one of them, and he's still active. He's still winning. He's doing an incredible job. And when he loses, it's not because he gets knocked down. It's because he doesn't have enough t- enough time to just keep going in the fight. Yeah. He has that cardio, too. Um, going next, I'm going to go with IQ. Uh, Volkanovski. You know, Alexander Volkanovski got some fantastic fight IQ. Um, I was originally going to say Robert Whitaker, but from his last fight, he doesn't have the same fight IQ as Volkanovski. Volkanovski knows when he's down. Volkanovski knows what he needs to do to get the win. Volkanovski can make changes mid-fight. Volkanovski is one of the best fight IQ we've seen in the octagon. This man can wrestle. This man can strike. He knows how to get out of the most difficult positions. Cough, cough, Brian Ortega. Volkanovski (laughs) is fantastic when it comes to fight IQ. Um, Next, let's take a look. Striking a Peter Yan. I don't really need to say much after this. This guy's boxing is insane. When his corner is with him, I feel like this man is unstoppable. Peter Yan, still unbelievable striker. Um, next, we're going to go with BJJ. This one's also going to be pretty self-explanatory. Charles Oliveira. Yeah. Now, something tells me it's pretty good on the ground. It's pretty good on the ground. He submits he's all everybody. Right. I mean, this guy not only has power to put people down, but as soon as he puts them down, he goes for the kill and he goes for the submission. This man is so good at submissions. Most submissions in the UFC. Do I have to say more? Um, let's see. Wrestling. I'm going to go Islam Makachev on this one. Ooh. Keep it the lightweight. I think Islam Makachev has proven that he is Khabib reincarnated right now. Um, he has incredible strength. Uh, one of the things Dan Hooker was saying is he could not get up even if he wanted to. And Bobby Green also said this too because of how physically strong Islam Makachev in the octagon is. So to be physically strong as well as just talented beyond belief, that's a recipe for disaster right there. Yeah. Um, and last but not la- least, we're going to go with Heart of Uriah Faber. Now, I know he what? hasn't fought recently, but technically he's not retired. <laughs> so uh, I think Uriah Faber's got the best heart in the UFC. I mean, he is – he has climbed to that championship belt how many times? Five times already? This man does not stop until he gets the belt. And he's still not retired at past the age of 40 right now. If you take a look at that Jose Aldo fight back in WEC, the heart on Uriah Faber to not just quit after his leg was mauled. He was getting beat up everywhere. Yeah. Uriah Faber just kept going and going. And he, he was throwing haymakers in the fight. I mean, he was in the fight still come fifth round when he could barely even walk. I think your heart of Uriah Faber is very underrated, so I'm going to go with Uriah Faber for heart. And that right there, boys, is the best UFC fighter on the planet. That's very good, Hunter. It's very, (laughs) very good. But I actually think mine's better, and I'm going to tell you why. 
first of all, historical for... ones when we use active fibers. Yeah, <laughs> this would have been so much. The strike you, but... Anderson Silva. Uh... IQ GSP, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kilo. Sorry, we won't clown no more. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan Dallas. <laughs> all right. Okay. Let's get. Let's kick this party right. off. Yes. Fight IQ. Yes. And Jack, just to be clear, this is the best current MMA fighter, right? Not yes. specifically UFC. That's fair. Perfect. Yeah. We're going over to Singapore for our fight IQ, and it's Demetrius Johnson. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's exactly, Hunter. One. You didn't think I could bring it international. <laughs> no, I, did. I didn't think so. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, do I really need to say much about Demetrius Johnson? The, he's the greatest flyweight that's ever existed. Yeah. I mean, he even went up to bantamweight and tested himself at times as well. The guy is, I mean, Mighty Mice. You know, he is one of the best fighters that ever lived. And quite frankly, he is the lopsided side of the worst trade and hopefully one of the only trades in MMA history. I'm not going to go into that, but we all know what I'm talking about. Striking. See, this is interesting because there's quite a few people I could go for here. I'm not going to go for Corey Samhagen, all right? I know you're thinking that, but that's not where I'm going. I'm actually going with one of my favorite fighters of all time who will be a legend one day, who I will consider using in this again. It's Jose Aldo. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jose Aldo, you know, the king of Rio. They call him the king of Rio de Janeiro for a reason. His Muay Thai, some of the best Muay Thai we've ever seen. His leg kicks, you want to know why his leg kicks are good? Go look at Uriah Faber's leg after their fight. You don't really want to, but you'll see what I mean. Uh, He's just one of the greatest fighters that's ever existed. He's one of my favorite fighters that's ever existed. And all around Jose Aldo, just a hell of a fighter. And to be still doing it at, what, 34 years old, going down to bantamweight from the division he used to rule, can't say any better about him, Jose Aldo. My BJJ is the one area where I agree with Hunter. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's even a discussion about this. It's Charles Oliveira. I mean, the guy is just an anaconda. He really is. You know, you might have a chance at knocking him out. I understand that. But the guy's like a human pinball. He just comes back up again. And when he gets back up, you end up going down. And when you go down, you don't get up again unless you've been unconscious beforehand. Charles's BJJ is ridiculously good to watch. It really, really is. I mean, a lot of people is this, have this negative stigma about jiu-jitsu and that it's boring and that you're basically grinding out trying to advance position. Just look at Charles Oliveira, and I'm telling you for a fact it's not boring. The guy knocks you down, jumps on your back, gets the hooks in, and you're dead before you've even realized what's happened. That is why Charles Oliveira's jiu-jitsu is streets ahead of anybody else, and I do mean streets. Wrestling. We have quite a lot of really good wrestlers we could pick from here, but I'm I'm going to go with the best one, and that's Kamaru Usman. Um, he's relied on it slightly less in his last couple of fights, to a degree, understandably. But make no mistake, his wrestling is still the best of the best. Uh, just look at what he did to Tyron Woodley. Look at what he's done in so many of his other fights. He no longer fights at 32%. He fights at 100%. And that 100% is extremely dangerous, regardless of who he does fight. He's, his wrestling is that good that that is what he uses to set up his striking now as well. Because you have to anticipate the takedown. And when you try to, bang, you're out. 
that's what Kamaru Usman's a very intelligent fighter. He's an even better wrestler. And my wrestling for my Frankenstein fighter, it is Kamaru Usman. Last but very much not least, if anything, the most important um, aspect of our fighter out of all of them, heart. Who has the best heart out of any fighter? There's a lot I could have gone for here. Um, Tony Ferguson is one. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot that I could have gone for. But I'm going to go for Michael Chandler. Oh. And I think my argument here is pretty justified. I mean, Michael Chandler has lost, I think, three fights since he's been in the UFC, if I'm not wrong. But God damn, that boy has got a heart on like anybody else. When I look at Chandler fight, I see Robbie Lawler. That's how good his heart is. You know, Justin Gaethje should have pulverized him into the ground. He kept coming. Charles Oliveira got knocked down. He still got up and tried to fight. You know, his his heart is immeasurable. It really, really is. There's not a single time I've ever seen him quit. I've never seen him give up. I've never seen his spirit broken. He keeps pushing. He keeps going forward. And at the end of the day, you just have to respect that one way or the other. My heart for my fighter is Michael Chandler. And I've just realized I missed out on the chin. Uh, so <laughs> thank you for reminding me, Hunter. Not so subtly, but I appreciate the guy. Um, I was going to say Max Holloway. But of course, you know, I will try and be different because that's just an excellent pick all around. And I'm kind of torn here for who to pick. You know what? I'm going to go for it anyway because I do think it's still valid and I will defend it. Tony Ferguson. Ooh. Now, I understand that is highly, highly controversial, but allow me to retort. Um, yes, he got knocked out by a savage front kick from Michael Chandler. I understand that. But what we also have to remember is that that would have knocked out anybody. That would have knocked out a rhino if it had been in the octagon with Michael Chandler. And up until that point, Tony Ferguson had never had his chin majorly tested that badly. I mean, yes, it's Justin Gaethje, but he still grounded out. He still didn't put him away. Now, whether that's vanity or whether that's something to be admired, that's something for everybody else to debate. But what we cannot debate is that Justin Gaethje could not put him away. And Justin Gaethje hit him with some shots that were harder than the shots he hit Chandler with. And he still couldn't bury Tony Ferguson. Now, I appreciate that Tony Ferguson's with 37, 38. Now, he is getting to the end of his career. Unfortunately, there's no two ways about that. But I still think for his age and for the wars he's been in, his chin is damn tough to argue against. So for me, El Kikui, I'd still have his chin on my fighter. That's interesting. I like that. Good picks. Good picks. Um, so for me, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the chin. Um, and I am going to go. I actually didn't think you were going to Max Holloway. I thought Max Holloway would be an unpopular opinion. But I'm going to go with that because I think Max Holloway is one. It's just no one talks about his chin, but it, because he hits people so much, like he throws like 800 like strikes a fight, but he gets hit more than anyone else because he hits so many people. And like Hunter said, he's never been dropped before. How is that possible? I have no idea. Just that st statistic alone is ridiculous. So, yeah. I think of the people he's fought as well. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I have literally no idea how he hasn't been dropped. And he is, he lands like 
500 strikes, but eats like 250 strikes just because that's how he fights. I have no idea. Chin Max Holloway. Number two will go fight IQ. Um, and Hunter, I feel like this is kind of a uh, – well, not really because he's still active. He still fights too. But I, like along the same lines as the Uriah Faber pick. I'm going to go Dominic Cruz for the fight IQ. I was going to say It's fine. He's ranked. So yeah. He's totally cool. Uh, and it's still even today. I mean, just throughout, I'm looking at his entire career, but even still today, he has such a phenomenal fight IQ. He's up there. I put him top three all time for fight IQ. I put, uh, GSP, John Jones, Dominic Cruz for fight IQ, and then Mighty Mouse probably right below that. So, um, I, I think fight IQ, we just throughout his entire career, but even today, Dominic Cruz, one of the most analytical minds you will see in MMA, if not the most analytical, uh, and that's why he's a broadcaster. So, um, Let's see. For the third one, I'm going to go striking. This one was actually probably the most difficult one for me to pick, which is interesting. Um, and at the end of the day, I went with Israel Adesanya. I, I really think he is that good. I could have gone Piotr Jan. I was very tempted to go Piotr Jan. Um, I, it's just it's tough. But I just think at the end of the day, even though he hasn't been with the killer instinct recently, he's just so controlling on the feet. Adesanya is, he is in every single fight, his, his size, his range, and just how pinpoint accurate he is. He's fantastic to watch. And I think he probably is the best striker in MMA right now. Um, let's see. So for BJJ, the easiest one of this Charles Oliveira, you guys already talked about it. Most submissions in UFC history, you go to the ground with him. That's probably it. Um, and, and that's why the Makachev fight is so exciting to see potentially because Makachev takes people down. But once people go to the ground with Charles Oliveira, it's virtually over. So, uh, yeah, BJJ Oliveira wrestling. Um, I went with a close one, but I went Francis Ngannou for wrestling based yeah, off of. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, no. Um, I went with Usman. I think Usman's the way to go. He hasn't had to use it for a little bit because he's just so good at it, but that's just, he always has that. He can always rely on that. Um, did Colvin Covington take him down whenever they fought? Was he able to get down? Technically not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He got him to his knees. According to the scorecards, no. Yeah, and, and he wasn't able to hold him down even still. So he's just – if Colby Covington – Colby Covington is probably the second-best wrestler in the UFC, or at least up there for yeah. it. Or, sorry, yeah, Makachev, of course. But, I mean, he's up there. Um, and if that guy can't take Kamar Usman down, I mean, that's just ridiculous. And Usman can take down whoever, like Tyron Woodley, who was one of the best wrestlers in the UFC until Kamar Usman came out there and just destroyed him. So, yeah, wrestling Usman. And I think that about covers it except for Hart. Um, and for me, Hart, I'm going to go with uh, still Dustin Poirier. Um, throughout his entire career, just picks himself back up, goes out, does amazing um and and he knocked out I, the one fight i think that describes Dustin Poirier is the dan hooker fight where mm-hmm. he had just come off that that brutal fight to habib and he his knee was still not great but he goes out there and gets just dominated for two rounds the next three rounds he's like okay we're turning it on and then goes in three rounds and comes back it was amazing um so yeah heart i'm still going dustin poirier however honorable mention as well I think Brandon Moreno should be up there for Hart. Yeah. Um, that dude, I love I him. He that's, throws, that's another guy who hasn't had an easy career. Just like Charles, we've been talking about a lot of guys like that. Doesn't has never had an easy career, but has come back and is at the top of his game now. So yeah, I, I'm going to go Dustin Poirier for Hart, but super honorable mention to Brandon Moreno. Um, 
And I mean, that was such a fun segment, guys. Lots of lots of ultimate fighters there. Um, but yeah. What well, we should do is uh, like maybe in the future, we should do this with historical fighters, but we do it the way we do the draft, where if one person picks a fighter for an aspect, you can't pick them for that. So we thing. can't all have Anderson Silver for striking, <laughs> and we can't all of GSP for wrestling, for example. Yeah. But yeah, that was an amazing segment. I really enjoyed that. We, we should do that, Caitlin. We'll keep that on, uh, keep that, you know, in there. Drop in the, the comments yeah. who you would put in your categories. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening today. Great podcast, guys. As always, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. You can listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at MMA.Island and check out our website, MMAIsland.net. Again, everyone, thank you so much for listening and great podcast, guys. Thank you, guys.